Hello, wherever you're listening to us, I hope you're staying safe and doing well. I'm Hari Arakali and this is today's Tech Briefing. Later in the program, I'll be talking to Narsimha Rao Manepalli, an Executive Vice President at Infosys, who's the head of the company's cloud and infrastructure solutions and validation solutions, about a recent survey to quantify the benefits of moving to the cloud. That's after these headlines. The Reserve Bank of India said yesterday that banks cannot refer to its April 2018 circular struck down by the Supreme Court in 2020 to caution customers about trading in cryptocurrency. In recent weeks, several banks including HDFC Bank and State Bank of India had officially flagged transactions relating to the purchase of cryptocurrency warning customers of curbs including permanent closure of accounts. The Economic Times reported yesterday It has come to our attention through media reports that certain banks regulated entities have cautioned their customers against dealing in virtual currencies by making a reference to the RBI circular dated April 6, 2018 the RBI said yesterday Such references by banks and regulated entities are not in order as this circular was set aside by the Honorable Supreme Court on March 4, 2020 as such in view of the order the circular is no longer valid from the date of the supreme court judgment and therefore cannot be cited or quoted from rbi said intel corp's ceo said yesterday it could take several years for a global shortage of semiconductors to be resolved a problem that has shuttered some auto production lines and is also being felt in other areas including consumer electronics reuters reported Pat Gelsinger told a virtual session of the Computex trade show in Taipei that the work and study from home trend during the COVID-19 pandemic had led to a cycle of explosive growth in semiconductors that has placed huge strain on global supply chains but while the industry has taken steps to address near-term constraints it could still take a couple of years for the ecosystem to address shortages of foundry capacity substrates and components gelsinger said according to the reuters report xiaomi said yesterday it has new world records for both wired and wireless charging speeds using a modified mi 11 pro with a 4000 milliampere hour battery Xiaomi says it's able to fully charge the phone in 8 minutes on a 200 watt wired hypercharge system or in 15 minutes with a 120 watt wireless charging system. China smartphone makers have been trying to outdo one another on various features including charging speeds. They often release demonstrations of breakthroughs that may or may not show up in final products according to The Verge. 2 years ago for example Xiaomi announced a 100 watt system that could charge a 4000 milliampere hour battery in 17 minutes while last year's Mi 10 Ultra took 23 minutes for a full charge at 120 watts though it did have a bigger 4500 milliampere hour battery Oppo which also makes the OnePlus and Realme phones is another leader in this field with its VOOC technology forming the basis of OnePlus's dash and warp fast charging systems VOOC stands for voltage open loop multi step constant current charging last year oppo demonstrated a 4000 milliampere hour battery fully charging in 20 minutes at 125 watts previously xiaomi had claimed a faster 100 watt system earlier this year lg announced that it would be leaving the mobile phone industry entirely leaving the android market with one fewer option both on the flagship and affordable ends of the spectrum 
As of yesterday, LG has reportedly ended production on Android smartphones, 9to5 Google reported. Asia.co.kr reports that LG has ended smartphone production ahead of its full departure from the smartphone market in July. This comes roughly two months after LG announced its intentions. LG has previously said that it would fulfill its last contracts with mobile phone carriers and other entities, which it seems to have completed now that production is coming to a close. What's next for the assembly lines and facilities used to produce LG smartphones? The Vietnam-based factory will move to producing home appliances, 95 Google reports. In startup news, Plum, a Mumbai startup that is making it easier and more affordable for small businesses to provide insurance coverage to their employees, said yesterday that it has raised $15.6 million in its Series A funding to step up its growth. Tiger Global led the new funding round with participation from existing investors Sequoia Capital India's Surge, Tanglin Venture Partners, Incubate Fund and Gemba Capital. Plum had raised $4.1 million in a funding round in November last from Sequoia and Tanglin. Kunal Shah, founder of Cred, Gaurav Munjal, Roman Saini and Himesh Singh, founders of Unacademy, Lalit Keshre, Harsh Jain and Ishan Bansal, founders of Grow, Ramakant Sharma and Anuj Rivastava, founders of Live Space, and Douglas Firestein, founder of Hired, also participated in the new round TechCrunch reported. Launched in March 2020, Plum is poised to reinvent how group health insurance works in India by making it affordable and accessible for businesses of all sizes. India currently has one of the lowest penetration rates for health insurance in the world, with only 18% of urban employees and 14% of rural areas receiving coverage of some kind. Over 50 million Indians fall into poverty every year due to their inability to finance health issues, Plum has said in a press release when it raised its November funding. Plum's easy-to-use health platform coupled with transparent pricing aims to help more businesses reap the benefits of insurance for their employees. Plum provides coverage for as little as $10 or 750 rupees per year per person. Now, cloud computing has changed a lot from renting storage and processes to providing sophisticated analytics AI-based applications and so on. I spoke to Narsimha Rao Manepalli, Executive Vice President at Infosys, who is the head of the company's cloud and infrastructure solutions and validation solutions, to discuss a survey that the company commissioned in an effort to quantify the benefits of moving to the cloud. Here's what he said. Uh, so welcome to the show. Uh, thank you for making time, uh, Nari. And uh, for starters, uh, you know, Cloud computing has changed a lot, you know, from renting storage and processes to sophisticated analytics, AI, and so on. So uh, help us understand this uh, shift a little bit. How have things evolved? No, absolutely, Hadi. Thank you. First is thanks for inviting us today uh, and, and uh, get me to talk to about cloud, my favorite topic. Now, how has cloud uh, uh, changed the way it impacts business? In the early years, I mean, cloud as a technology has existed for over a decade now, but in the early years, the first six, seven years, predominantly the focus on taking away the uh, underlying infrastructure load onto cloud, thereby reduce the operating costs for businesses. And also one is reducing costs. Second is uh, traditionally infrastructure investments were capital expenditure in nature, long drawn, big ticket items. 
But through cloud, you could variableize the cost, make it operating expenditure, which was easier for businesses. So the focus was on infrastructure and OPEX for uh, the first six, seven years. But over the last three, four years, the scene has changed dramatically. Uh, today, cloud is used for uh, many reasons. Uh, and, and, and primarily, uh, I would like to call it uh, an offensive reason and a defensive reason. And I'll explain what. Uh, defensive reasons are basically where businesses are today using cloud to protect their business. Uh, if you looked at just the last two years, uh, the pandemic has really changed the way businesses uh, exist out there and perform their uh, duties. Uh, and, and, and the biggest uh, uh, lever businesses are trying to establish is one about resiliency, the ability to deliver their products and services uninterrupted to their client base. And, and, and uh, despite uh, the pandemic induced shutdowns and lockdowns and disruption to supply chain. And cloud was seen as a big enabler to build in the resiliency. In many industries today, uh, the businesses are able to provide work from anywhere, and deliver from anywhere, buy from anywhere kind of options, primarily uh, because of cloud. So building a resiliency is a huge defensive strategy. The second biggest defensive strategy which we see uh, why cloud is getting used is one of uh, security reasons. Uh, and and uh, traditionally, cloud, actually, ironically, cloud was seen as a weak on security. But again, last two, three years, I think uh, uh, businesses today now think and believe that uh, the security uh, uh, which, which cloud offers is superior to what uh, typically they're able to uh, create and build in their own data centers and on-prem. So both the resiliency and security are two big defensive reasons. But equally important is the offensive reasons where today businesses are looking at how cloud can help them deliver their new products and new services faster to market. And today, cloud is able to actually make that happen where a new product and service can be delivered faster to market than what traditional models could deliver. So one is about faster uh, time to market, uh, which is we call as the speed of business. And the second big advantage which cloud is today delivering is in terms of uh, delivering superior capabilities to an organization. And the two areas which I, uh, call out in terms of superior capabilities. One is in terms of collaboration technologies, which is again so closely linked to building the resiliency and work from anywhere kind of notion, but collaboration within the organization, with the uh, stakeholder ecosystem, I think is uh, enabling organizations and that is working out hugely in terms of as a business enabler. Uh, second is also about leveraging the full power of artificial intelligence, which you believe is only possible truly if enterprises uh, leverage cloud in a big way. And, and uh, organizations have traditionally had a lot of data and the amount of data getting created, both structured and unstructured has been going up in the last three, four years, but they've not really succeeded in deriving uh, significant insights to drive top line and bottom line. And today cloud is uh, seen as uh, a huge lever which brings that capability to organizations where they can derive huge insights and value from the data they have. So cloud uh, is today impacting businesses for offensive purposes in terms of speed of business and bringing in new capabilities, also to protect business in terms of security threat as also building in resiliency. So that's how I think the cloud has changed Hari uh, uh, over the last uh, a few years. Hmm. So you've recently published uh, an interesting report uh, called the uh, Cloud Radar Report. Uh, and you also talked about uh, uh, how companies can capture uh, a lot of uh, profit through cloud adoption. Uh, tell us a bit about this report, its main findings. No, absolutely. Thanks again. I think uh, we are very excited about uh, this cloud radar report, which we launched uh, last week. 
Uh, in fact, in, in terms of context-wise, the reason we have done this study was uh, we have been over the years building our own capability to, uh, to, to help our customers in their digital and cloud transformation. And last year, we launched Cobalt, one of the first times where a service offering has been branded in the market by probably uh, any service provider. And we went and branded Cobalt, which is our offering, integrated offering around cloud, which has many elements to it. Now, as we keep building our own capabilities, as we build partnerships, as we build assets, we also realize it's important. We also understand deeply how our businesses, uh, in terms of business expectations and business implementations around cloud are changing. So we engage an external agency to do a survey across almost 2,500 plus respondents across various industry segments and geographies. The basic idea is to understand the market better uh, so that we can deliver superior value to our customers. Now, in terms of key findings, I think the biggest thing which I take away from uh, this uh, uh, this survey uh, is, is the fact that first is for the first time, or probably uh, one of the few times where we have been able to uh, correlate quantitatively business performance in terms of bottom line to implementations on the cloud. Uh, and, and I think uh, to me, that's a big revelation uh, today for the first time or one of the few times where we have a data bank analysis to demonstrate to businesses that implementing cloud can actually act for your top line and bottom line. And, and to me, that's very exciting. Not only we, uh, are we happy that we have such overriding uh, insight, additionally, we also realize that uh, the ability to bring speed into business, the ability to bring in collaborative technologies, ability to bring in newer capabilities like AI directly again adds to the bottom line of a business. So for us, these insights clearly excite us uh, we obviously intend to take it to the market and more importantly to all our clients and work with them on how they can see their own businesses deliver superior performance in the market. Uh, clearly, uh, the trends are different in different geographies and different industry segments. And we're going to use all of that to help our customers be ahead of the curve and, and deliver the performance in the market. And, and today, I think uh, there is uh, the businesses out there are changing. And we believe that uh, uh, this insight will help us help uh, our customers in navigating their future more successfully. Hmm. Uh, in the report, I mean, the headline number is uh, $414 billion in profits that enterprises can capture. Uh, can you break this number down for us a little bit? Sure, sure, Hari. First is, uh, I must uh, clarify that uh, the survey we've done accounted for only about 35% of the global GDP. So we did not obviously cover the entire uh, world map, neither did we cover all the uh, client segments. Uh, so, so this covered only 35% of the global GDP and the number 400 billion plus is attributed to only this 35% of the global GDP. If I do a similar extrapolation to the overall global GDP, 100% of that, we are actually looking at well over a trillion dollars of bottom line impact in two years time, which can potentially come from cloud. Uh, and and, and uh, there is a split of this across geographies and, and across, uh, uh, across uh, uh, industry segments. But at the highest level, uh, we believe that uh, there is a significant impact uh, which we can uh, uh, deliver to businesses uh, in terms of uh, how the impact can happen. Now, if I break it down, this 400 billion, the 35% which I'm speaking about, the biggest impact in terms of dollar terms is coming to financial services and insurance segment, more than $150 billion. Uh, uh, high tech and manufacturing, uh, about $125 billion. 
So like that, various industry segments, uh, it, it uh, boils down. Now, geographically, uh, out of this 400-odd billion dollars, uh, more than uh, almost 60-70%, about $275 billion is actually coming in the U.S. region. Uh, and, and obviously, I think, I think all of us know that uh, big, uh, of course, the global GDP, significant part is in the U.S. Likewise, the big tech spend also is happening uh, in the U.S. In, in a big way. Uh, so that is that is how typically uh, we are looking at uh, this breakout. Hmm. Uh, give us one uh, example uh, to illustrate how uh, large enterprises uh, can boost their revenues and improve their profitability by moving to the cloud. Absolutely. I think that's, that's a very good question. So I take, obviously, I'm not going to take any specific client names, but we work with a utilities company in the U.S where today we have provided a cloud-enabled digital platform for their own associates to get a single pane across all uh, activities which a client does with the enterprise. Now, uh, if I'm a customer of a utilities company, uh, I have access to, and I'm an employee working for the utilities, I have access to full range of services this specific customer draws from me, which helps me understand the customer pattern and also helps me cross-sell and, and, and all of that new products and services tailored to his needs. So we believe that that's a huge uh, uh, boost in sales which is happening for that company. Likewise, for the end user also, he is able to uh, get a, a digital front end by which he can pick and choose the products and services he wants from the utilities company. So thanks to this uh, digital front end we've created leveraging crowd, we are able to drive greater customer acquisitions increasing the wallet share with the customer directly leveraging the power of cloud and and a lot of times we are also able to cut down the cycle type of launching a new product and services uh, in any market or any geography so you are cutting down on time as well as bringing greater number of customers and thereby impacting uh, businesses directly i can also pick a second example here just to illustrate another business case where it works we work with a healthcare provider uh, in the payment space in the US. And there, um, typically, they, the customers they have are large. Each state is a customer of its own. And when this company acquires a new customer, in the traditional models, they would take six to nine months to actually bring the customer on board because systems have to be integrated and, and processes have to be defined and all of that. We also went and built in a new cloud-enabled health, healthcare platform for this customer. And thanks to this, we're able to cut down this new customer onboarding from six to nine months to less than three months now. And that is a direct addition to uh, our top line and bottom line for an enterprise. Not only is it addition, you're cutting down cycle time. Because of the shorter timelines, they're also able to win more customers. So in both these cases, the utilities example and the healthcare example, there's a direct correlation to how you can implement a, a cloud-enabled strategy and derive greater top line growth and, and greater bottom line growth. Hmm. Uh, help us understand uh, Infosys Cobalt a little bit better. I mean, uh, maybe with a couple of examples of specific ways in which Infosys enables its customers to uh, really take advantage of the best cloud ecosystems out there. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you Hari. again. Uh, I think I think uh, we are again uh, we are excited about cloud as a technology. How uh, we can help our customers navigate their next. And towards that, we launched Cobalt as an integrated offering last year. And and the reason why we launched it was twofold. First and foremost, 
in the early years cloud was seen as a primarily infrastructure play and and towards that the cloud capabilities existed in only a small part of infosys the infrastructure group of infosys the, which which i uh, am part of but over the years we now realize that cloud is also pervasive today cloud as a technology is leveraged extensively by the data and analytics offering is leveraged by the enterprise apps offering is leveraged by engineering services we do a fair bit of application development and maintenance offering so cloud capabilities today are becoming more and more all pervasive and and we realize that for us to deliver the best value to customers we need to bring all of this capabilities together and deliver an integrated offering to our customers so clearly that was one of the uh, 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 benefits we want to deliver an integrated set of competencies and capabilities delivered to customer second we also realized that uh, looking at the potential and the need for cloud related capabilities and talent uh, for our customers we also realized we have to invest lot more in enabling our employees on the cloud and and we realized that building that cloud capabilities in the larger infosys talent was very important so we are also using cobalt as a vehicle for us to build superior capabilities within infosys third we realized that end of the day we spoke about time to market as a huge lever uh, and and for us to be able to cut down uh, the time of this cloud transformation engagements we have to come up with existing assets which are in the nature of either a knowledge asset or a, a learning asset or engineering platform or a business platform we also one is when we started we had many of those in various uh, units of infosys so we brought all of that into one repository where today all the assets which we have around cloud which can accelerate a cloud deployment we brought it under one roof second we are also trying to create new assets we are empowering the larger infosys workforce the num- many number of project teams we have uh, for them to innovate locally in their project tailor to a client context how can they come up with newer assets and newer accelerators and newer platforms and and uh, through cobalt we are creating and we are encouraging grass level innovation in a big way so one is about building uh, uh, capabilities second is about building assets third is also about partnerships uh, uh, as you know in the cloud space we have the public cloud providers the hyperscalers like the aws azure and the gcp uh, and ibm as also in the private cloud we have the likes of dell space cisco and many others and we work with all of them and we believe that end of the day a really viable and and sound cloud solution for a customer is a hybrid solution and we believe that a best of breed solution can best come if we are able to partner with all these various players in cloud so we've been focusing on building partnership which is a big part of the cobalt offering uh, last but not the least we also partner with the startup ecosystem as also the academic community today while a lot of innovation happens in uh, system integrators and service providers like us a lot of innovation happens in the hyperscalers a lot of innovation happens in the technology players in the private cloud space equally a significant innovation happens in startup and academic community so we also engage with them so that we can leverage that innovation again uh, with the intent that we are able to accelerate the cloud deployments and deliver value to our client businesses faster so there are multiple elements in cobalt Uh, but the end result is how can we help our customers uh, leverage cloud uh, in a faster cheaper better manner and and that we achieve through our internal capabilities our uh, assets and platform creation uh, our partnerships as also our uh, collaboration with startup community and the academic community 
So there are many objectives we are trying to achieve through this. Uh, we made significant progress uh, and we continue to make progress. But the vision is oh, for a, a two, three year period. So we have uh, some distance to go on this year. Hmm. Yeah, so that some distance to go is a good sort of point to, uh, to end on. Uh, if you throw this story forward by say five years, can you give us a sense of what kind of capabilities the cloud will be able to provide to enterprises? The way I see the future uh, of, of cloud or, or how businesses will exist, I think that uh, businesses will be leveraging far greater technology in all aspects of the business. Today, it's already pervasive. I think uh, uh, in all elements of uh, employee engagement, in all elements of customer engagement, in all elements of supply chain, so all aspects of business process will be heavily technology enabled. More so, I think uh, the power uh, of uh, artificial intelligence and, and, and insights driven by artificial intelligence, I think the benefits will be getting delivered in a significant manner to businesses five years from now. Our customers will be uh, leveraging technologies which are typically state of the art, uh, not too much of legacy and, and where they're able to rapidly bring in innovation into their businesses in a much more faster, cheaper, better manner. So end of the day, the any purpose of technology is to help businesses do better in the market. And, and uh, traditionally, technology has enabled business in many areas, but in many areas, I think the legacy has also pulled back the businesses. But I think with this current crop of technologies, which are uh, enabled by cloud, uh, we're going to eliminate a lot of the lacunas we had in technology so far. And technology and cloud will play huge, hugely significant role in businesses uh, succeeding in the marketplace. That's the way I see it. A very generic response, but that's how I see it. Okay, brilliant. Uh, thank you so much again, Nari, for making time for this conversation. And uh, we hope to keep the conversation going. Sure, sure. Thank you. Thank you, Hari. Absolutely. Thank you so much. That was Narsimha Rao Manepali at Infosys speaking to us from Hyderabad. That's it for this briefing. You can find all our podcasts on ForbesIndia.com or on your favorite podcast apps. I'm Hari Arakali. Thank you for listening.